0: Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios. This is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody
1: Radio. Well, here we go, Boom Crew. You've heard his voice here this morning already, and now we got him with us live for questions and answers. Dr. Tim Kimmel, this guy is on fire, and I think his central message that we're going to revolve around today, Boom Crew, and this is going to be a lot of fun. Now, this is a little more, how do I say this? This is the, the topic of grace, whether it relates to family or church, jobs, career, and marriage, and did I say jobs and career? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of that, it can feel a little bit obtuse. So we need you to put some gray matter to this thing. We need you to think in terms of, boy, What's the opposite of grace? And Tim's going to help us with this.
2: Tim Kimmel, he's one of America's top advocates speaking for the family, grace-based families. He's the executive director, has written many books in this grace-based series, which I love.
1: Yeah, it's phenomenal content. Tim Tim is one of those guys that when he speaks, it's like, phew, lights go on, paradigm shifts happen, and you start going, wow, this is great. And so I think, Boom Crew, the way you want to think through today And some of you are going to hang with us all the way through because it's been an epic week. We had to up our text message servicing from thousands to many thousands of availability. Our manager called me yesterday and he said, we've never had our text text message machine here, the machine. It has never been so lit up as this week. And it's been a thrill, man. I feel like we're just providing you guys some phenomenal content, real practical steps to help you take your next step with Jesus. So let's bring him in. Let's frame this thing out today. Tim Kimmel, how are you doc?
3: Carl and Allie, thanks so much for letting me be with you guys. But when you introduce somebody like that, you realize all you do for me is scare the junk out of me. <laughs> now, sorry, th- these, <laughs> these people are expecting great things here and I walk with a limp just like everybody yeah, else. You do. I, I'm a crooked stick just like everybody else. But fortunately, uh, Because of the the mighty God we worship, he picks up crooked sticks and actually draws straight lines with them every once in a while. Right on, right on. Hopefully we'll do that this morning some.
1: You know, as I was thinking about this this morning, I thought the people that are going to call in and ask you questions today as it relates Mm. to grace in church and grace in job and grace in family and grace in marriage and all these different things. This is what I was thinking about, Allie. I thought the best thing, the best way to look at this is go bring your challenges to your heart. Anything you're up against in a work environment, in marriage, in church, bring those challenges to your heart and then ask a question of Tim that goes, how does grace deal with this one? I think that's the best way to tackle it. And to set this up, Tim, what is the opposite of grace? Grace, in, by the way, the, the seminary definition is unmerited favor. That'll get you mm-hmm. maybe a B plus. But the fact mm-hmm. is, grace is really God's power to do in us what we can't do
3: in ourselves. So what's, what's the opposite of grace? Okay, is giving people what they deserve. That's, that's the opposite of grace. Grace is hmm. giving people something they desperately need but don't deserve. Okay. Want me to say that again? Yeah, yeah. say it again. Okay. Giving people what they deserve. So your kids act like, well, you know, like they're, they're aliens and, um, and your teenagers treat you like they're, they, they're the smartest person in the room and you've lost your mind. And so what they deserve is to be, uh, put down, to be shamed, to be rejected, to be ignored, whatever. That's what that behavior deserves from a human to human. But We're dealing with God's heart here. And God says, I don't deal with you that way. And I don't want you dealing with them that way. because, Because what grace is from God is him giving us something we desperately need, but don't deserve. And when kids are out of line, struggling, whatever, our spouse has lost their way. We're working with a bunch of crazy people at work. What they what they desperately need is somebody to 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 care for them and love them and look at this through the same lens at them that God looks at you and me, and 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 use our words and actions to meet their driving inner needs, even though they may you know they may be the very difficult people to love. That's what they that's what they they desperately need, and that's what grace does. It gives us something we need but don't necessarily deserve. Okay, we're gonna does look.
1: Yeah, that's right on. Does that buddy. make any sense? Yeah, that's... it absolutely does. And and I think in the terms that I'm thinking through, I'm thinking, okay, uh, Paul wrote to the Galatian church. He said that that you began in the spirit, you are you working out in the flesh? And I think that grace abides in the spirit and recklessness and pain abides in yeah. the flesh, right? And yeah. it's just like, yeah, uh, yeah go ahead.
3: But, well, I was going to say here. here you know we we can look at all the ways that grace uh treats people but here's here's what here's what grace doesn't look like yelling screaming uh insulting swearing at somebody uh marginalizing them trivializing them uh, uh putting them down ignoring them giving them the silent treatment all that stuff and yet those are things in close relationships that we often fall to in the flesh that that Without the spirit in control. Yeah. And God's saying, No, let me have the driver's seat and watch what happens when my heart is working through your heart.
1: Tim Kimmel here with us, Ask the Experts Week, and we're talking grace today. And you might say, Whoa, all right, what are my questions about grace? Here's the best way of looking at this. I want you to think in this here for the next little stretch, we're asking, with regard to your work, your job, your career, what are you up against? that like everything inside you wants to go full flesh monster after someone. Right. It's like, I want to open a can or I want to run from this place or I want to whatever you know is not what the Spirit of God would have you do. And the question is, what does grace do? How does grace handle this? So, Tim, we got a question for you right out of the shoot here. My boss hates me. Uh, she was hurt saying that to a... Ch- she was hurt saying that to a couple of my coworkers that I've spoken to her in the past. I'm not making heads out of this one Yeah, here. I think
2: what this would say, the, the, so my boss hates me, and I've tried to speak to her in the past. That's right. But she has not changed. What can I do about this? What
1: do you do with a boss that
3: hates you? Um, Jesus told us what to do. Love your enemies. Uh, be, be kind to those who persecute you. That's straight out of the Sermon on the Mount. And that is the, that is the most articulate, that those two chapters in Matthew, the most articulate unpacking of applied grace in the scripture. And it blew people away so much, and it even blew the scholars away. You know this from your, you guys, uh, your theo, theological students too, that they just assumed he didn't mean this in real time. He, this is what it's going to be like maybe when we're in heaven or something like that. Jesus is saying, "I want you to look at them through a different lens than they're looking at you, uh, because uh, because if you let their their hatred for you get to you, then ultimately we want to give them back what they what they deserve, which is us writing them off or hating them too. We get nowhere. Uh, but this happens a lot. I, I mean, I've had coaches that thought I was I didn't belong in the team. I've had teachers that wish I wasn't in their class, and I've had bosses." that were absolute nightmares to work with. Mm. But that's our job. Here's, you know, the unique thing about our jobs is that they have something in common with our families and that we don't get to pick who's in them.
1: <laughs> that's true, my man. That's
3: very true. Because, because see, on every, take, take any other thing we're involved in, a, a club, a, a hobby, even church, if we don't like the people we're with, we can unfriend them. We can go somewhere else. We can go, we can pick another hobby or another group, another church. But we're stuck with those folks that show up for Thanksgiving and and Christmas. They're part of the family tree. And the same thing with those people at work. But those are the very people. You know what I think? When I think of the power we have to influence, uh, the world for Christ, I think the, the marketplace is a huge opportunity because it reminds me of what the first century church was up against. These people just got the gospel. They were completely transformed. Think about this. In first century, they did not have a Bible. It hadn't been codified yet. It hadn't been, uh, that was uh, almost the end of the second century. They didn't have any churches that had addresses. They didn't have any seminaries. And yet the church grew the fastest in the first two centuries of its, its existence. And these are the people that turned the world upside down. What were they doing? They were loving the people in the midst of a very pagan cutthroat world, Roman Empire. And it just blew everybody away. So I know it's hard for this lady, but what I would suggest for her uh, or this man, I can't couldn't tell what gender it was, but uh, that the, the, – that you, you just start praying like mad for that, for that boss. And then go to work with an attitude, regardless of what they think of me, I'm going to do my work well. And I'm going to think, I, I'm going to, I'm going to try and use my words, and my actions to appeal to the deeper needs of their heart, regardless of what they do. This is, this has transformed millions of people to the gospel over, over time. It's awesome.
0: Don't just keep it to yourself. Give what you've heard to a friend with the Carlin Crew Showcast. Just go to carlincrew.org.
1: Freedom Friday, guys. Good to have you with us. It's Ask the Experts Week. We got Dr. Tim Kimmel with us. We're talking grace now. Grace is the power to do in us what we can't do in ourselves. God gives us that, not only in salvation. Because that's saving grace, but there is training grace. Titus 2, 11 and 12, that was a huge discovery here. I'd read that passage many times. Allie packed it in one day and said, hey, Carl, what about this passage? Bada-bing, it's become an anchor passage for us here. Because it's not only for saving us, it's for training us. And the minute we start thinking we got to bootstrap this faith, I don't care if it's work, job, career, church, family, marriage, you're going to screw it up. It's
2: well put. (laughs) You're
1: going to screw it up. Yeah. You're going know, to screw up the whole thing. And so we just got to get, i just get brass tacks here today. If we're talking about freedom, we got to not only be saved by grace, we got to be trained in grace. So we got a, a question here, Tim Kimmel with us this morning, a direct report of mine periodically flips out on some other employee or employees. It always seems to happen when I'm not a direct witness. This is practical stuff, Tim. What do you say to this boss?
3: Yes, we, 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 uh, speak very directly to this kind of a situation in our book, uh, grace at work. Uh, my, uh, I, by the way, I co-wrote it with a friend, Michael Tooker. Here's the thing. As a, as, as a direct report, that means that you have, uh, you have authority over this person. And one of the things you have to do, you have two things. You have to protect the people that don't have the power to protect themselves. Boom. And so if this man is out, man or woman, whoever this person is, is going off on these people. Uh, Uh, that's abusive in the workplace to their hearts and their their minds and all, but they don't know what else to do because they need to paycheck, and this person can fire them. So you have to protect that person. Secondly, you owe it to that, to that person that is losing, uh, it's going off in these people to sit them down and say, look, whether I see you or not, this is going on and we got to deal with it and assume that this is a chance for you to really help them come to the core of why they do that What's because it could well be symptomatic of something completely different. It had nothing to do with them, I mean with the person they're angry at, or the person, uh, the work situation there, and whatever. But just let them know. Look, I want to help you on this. This isn't how we deal with with our employees. You have a position of responsibility. We can't continue with this. But how can I help you win this battle? Grace. So is- they know grace yeah.
1: is direct isn't it Tim grace isn't soft or mamby-pamby grace is direct
3: no nice is nice is soft and mamby pamby grace isn't um, grace can occasionally look nice but the fact is I think the average Christian confuses human nice with biblical grace and frankly human nice is often cowardly it's it's not wanting to do the hard things but 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 let me, let me describe love. We, we put a definition of love in the book. It will also help guide us here because our, our, our grace should be fueled by our love. Love is the commitment of my will to your needs and best interests regardless of the cost. Is it in the best interest of that uh, uh, subordinate to be yelled at by this person? No. Is it in the best interest of that person to be... Uh, uh, taking advantage of his position and humiliating people? No. And in long term for that person, if they keep that up, they're going to lose their job. Is it in my best interest to in their best interest for me to intervene and try and help them to improve in it? Of course. And that's what love is. That's beautiful. But grace has to get, but it's got to grace is gritty. I mean, how could, what could be more gritty than Jesus hanging on a cross it, it, uh, you know, drowning in his own blood. And that's how gritty it took to win us. And we have to be ready to go in there and, and, and love these people, sometimes the hard way. Yeah,
1: we just got a text message said, grace is direct to put Jesus on the cross. You guys are on the same path here. All right, thank you. Uh, we are rolling on here. It's Ask the Experts Week, and we've got Dr. Tim Kimmel with us. He's really a grace expert, and in that he has a handle on looking at situations both in the church and in the world through the lens of God's power to do in us what we can't do in ourself. Here's what we sometimes do though. We are Christian in name only or on Sundays only. And the, the real trick to this thing called the abundant life is dragging grace all the way through our whole seven day week. Right. Really. Mm-hmm. And, and watching God work through us. So we want to have a very honest discussion today around grace and how that works in various different areas of life. And one of the ways that we can see this happen is at work. Now, how many of us have been in work situations where we feel like, Oh man, I wish folks would listen to some input around here. Right? Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Well, we got a question that came in and they're asking, what do we do if we look around and we're like, man, the rank and file here sees some big changes that could be made, but you don't seem to see this or you don't have the portals by which to share it. And you're chomping at the bit to help. How does grace respond Tim?
3: Okay. Now I, I that's a little different from the first question. Oh, you I'm sorry. Beforehand, we'll but, go but back let, at let, the first let me, one. Let me get a clarification here. Uh, so first they said, there's a lot of dumb things. Would that happen? Do you think that's the, the people running it? They're just doing a lot of dumb things. They're and...
1: seeing things that they perceive as dumb, and they want, yeah. they want to get input, but they don't know how, and it doesn't seem to be readily received.
3: Okay. Uh, this is, by the way, a standard problem in business. You've heard of the Peter Principle that many times people get put up into positions of leadership where, where they're, they're, they're just incompetent. They, they just don't know what they're doing. It, unfortunately, they can hold uh, uh, you know a, a work team hostage. They can hold a whole company hostage, but usually there's a cause effect to that. Eventually, it affects the bottom line, and whoever is in charge ultimately for that bottom line has to make some changes. In the meantime, though, in the meantime though, what what I want to what I would want to make sure I'm very careful at doing as a Christian is it could be very easy for me. To start to only see what they're getting wrong, only see the dumb things they're doing and, and all the things that they're missing. And it changes my attitude towards them that they can ultimately detect that, that, that I think they're dumb, that I think they're incompetent. I might never say that out loud, especially if they're my boss, but they can sense that. Yeah, this is And good. I don't want them to do that. Yeah. I, want, I want to be an ally and an asset to my boss, even if he's a jerk. Because he's, he's the boss of the place. He's, 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 he's affecting a lot of people's lives or the, the people, you know, whatever the management. Uh, then, then the other thing is, is I think play your position very well. Right on. Stay in your lane on that part and, and just say, and, 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 and you, when, when we, I think we play our position well. And that's partly me working hard, doing my job and also doing everything I can to empower the people around me to do their job as well as they can. That, that, that pops up on people's radar.
1: You know what? It just does. You know what? I want to talk about this as a team here with you, Tim, for a second. I want to bring in our whole morning team. This is, this is so good because I think the tendency, isn't it guys, is to sit back in a corner and you can get a grumbling spirit and right. you can sit back and almost undermine the entire organization even more okay. than what you're disgruntled with.
3: Sure. sure, yeah, yeah, I think so. Easy yeah, to do.
1: Yeah, it feels like that sometimes.
3: It, it, uh, Carl, Carl? Yeah. E- even more so, we, we don't realize that in the subtle things we say in the coffee room or lunch break and all this stuff, we start to build a campaign, not deliberately, maybe uh, unwittingly, of, of other disenchanted people and and we don't realize that they're they're keying off of us once again that that makes us a liability yeah. um and, and and yeah but i i know you you, you your team has to work with you sometimes and you need therapy, there, buddy. This and, is,
1: well, I am i mean, I'm in it with you right now. I mean, come on. No, I mean, it, this, is, this is real life, Boom Crew. This is real life. Yeah. And if I've heard this once, I've heard it a thousand times. And I've lived it. And you know what? Let's be real honest. We live it here at Moody. We have hierarchical structure. We have bosses. Mm-hmm. Bosses come and go. Employees come and go. And I think, Tim, I want to reaffirm something. You hit a two-prong thing here. Number one is be an asset to your boss rather than, um, boy, something popped in my mind there. Be an asset to your boss rather I know than, what you're yeah, thinking. <laughs> rather than being uh, an an underminer of what he or she is up to. And number two, perform pick and well. To the glory of God in the role that God's given you, and what's amazing is I've seen this time and again. Truth is, Tim, I've lived long enough to know this. Those people that live with that kind of grace ultimately have more influence than anyone else in that organization. They
3: do, they do, they do, and and they can ultimately get to the end of their work, work week, go home for the weekend, and and actually look back and have have some sense of joy out of their work. Even yes. Though-
1: yeah. There's Absolutely. all this other stuff
3: there. That's y- really know, good. You know, Carl, I, yeah. I, I i used I used to do uh, a drive time talk show uh, for, uh, for 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 four years. I did it in the evening, and it was an, uh, a syndicated thing. And a guy came in to coach us, you know, because I'd never done radio before. And he said this. He says, uh, he, he said, look, smile while you're doing radio, because even though they can't see you, they can tell you're smiling. Okay, so I put a big Big sign, smile, right there by my microphone. Well, the same thing goes if uh, uh, the people in my office, especially the people that supervise me, can tell whether I care about them, whether I say it or not. And when when I'm only looking at what they're getting wrong or what they're missing, they can figure that out. This and is it, and, and it makes me unreliable to them or not somebody they, they would want to – think that they could they could turn to but i think when you play your position well with with a heart of grace then i think we'd be surprised we come to them and say you know can i talk with you about something because uh, you know i i think we have we you you have a great team here with a lot of horsepower and muscle uh, it, it I, I see something when my, they might be far more open to listen to what you say. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Tim Kimmel's our guest right now. Guys, you might be listening to this going, this is salient. Let me just tell you something. I'm 62 years old. I've lived long enough to know that what Tim has just outlined is the unspoken secret sauce of a great workplace environment. I oftentimes violate it myself, but I'm going to tell you right now, this is the stuff. The non gray stuff, the critical spirit toward the bosses, they'll feel it. It pollutes the whole environment. But if you, and by the way, here's an interesting thing about Tim's second point. Do you know what you get paid for in this world today, people? You get paid to solve problems. And if you're a problem, and everyone does. Yeah. Garbage collectors, mm-hmm. they solve a problem. They keep the rat picking population down <laughs> because they pick it up and put it where it belongs. Yeah. Teachers solve a problem. You don't want to have kids that are behind, not doing well, can't add, subtract, Spell, they solve the problem. Right. Everybody that gets paid Solved solves the problem. Solves a problem. Mm-hmm. So if we got a choice in our workplace, Grace says be a problem solver, not a problem creator. Yeah. And uh, this is just good stuff. Dr. Tim Kimmel with us. We're taking your questions right now, Boom Crew. Now listen to me. You might be going, that little nugget right there alone is going to change my workday. Well, that's one little nugget out of this work called Grace at Work, a brand new book by Tim Kimmel. Boom crew, this guy has got one of the most awesome first class websites going. We're going to give you a link that's going to put you right into this website with a plethora of great, great resources. If you want this book, just click the shop button when you get to this landing page, and it's right there at the top of the page. So here's the link you can get.
2: Just text the word GRACE to 312-274-9624. Just text the word GRACE.
0: No energy? No problem. We have all the energy you need and more. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings.
1: All right, we got Dr. Tim Kimmel with us here this morning. We're on Ask the Experts and on Freedom Friday, what better topic than grace? As a matter of fact, if you're tuned in right now and you do not know the power of God in your life and you're like, man, I don't know if I can peek into affirm my boss or find things to cheer for and really lean into my job and work hard as a means of uh, putting God on display because you don't have God in your heart. We're going to talk about that before we're done this hour. But we've got a question on the table for Dr. Tim.
2: Came in from someone who's driving a bus this morning with uh, junior high students, or they're headed that way, rather. And they want to know, how do I extend grace to a bus full of junior high students when many of them are not following the rules?
1: Yeah, and these are good rules, Tim. I mean, he mentioned that uh, guys, kids opening up peanut butter and kind of putting it under the nose of kids that have peanut butter allergies. I mean, it's kind of cantankerous like junior hires are wont to do. What do you say, Tim?
3: Well, you know, uh, when you think of what a bus driver's job is—to take kids from their homes to school and back, and through all the traffic of that huge piece of machinery—and do it safely—you would think that should be job enough, right. uh, just to just to drive that vehicle. But the main, main, meanwhile, they're they're little junior hires, and you kind of wish that Fisher Price made a little junior high taser thing that you could just kind of <laughs> zap them, everyone um yeah you do just say you know, go pentecostal and go around and put your hand on your head demon come out <laughs> what is your problem
1: i'm so with you
3: okay okay but but here's the thing uh carl uh, uh, probably everybody in the crew has worked with young people and i was a youth pastor when i uh, went and, and worked with young life and you, you'd meet some of these kids and you, you, you just think, what the heck's wrong with this kid? I, I, you know And you just want to write him off. And I had a good friend give me a piece of advice. He said, look, you could see this kid is having a problem or you could see this kid is having an unfulfilled need and is showing up like that. And the more I can help fill that unfulfilled need, the more that kid can get a better handle on his life. Because look, some of these kids are coming in and some of them are just doing that because they're junior hires and they're goofballs. Others are coming in because their family's falling apart, or yeah. they don't have a, a strong dad image, or uh, uh, they've got some shame in their life, or they or they have been picked on, and this so that's their chance to rule the roost on kids little than them. Whatever it is, but but all kids that walk through the front, uh, climb up the front door of that bus have three inner needs. <laughs> Every one of them have these same ones. They have a need to know that they're secure, need to know that they're significant, and a need to know that they're strong or sufficient for the moment they're in. And the more I use my words and my actions to appeal to those three needs in them, the the, the more those things will become assets to them. And here's how I meet them. I want to give a secure love. I want to voice a secure love to the people up close to me. I want to I voice a significant purpose to the people and I want to uh, uh, voice a strong hope. That's how I would meet those three needs. So a bus driver has a wonderful opportunity as soon as he opens that door every morning at every bus stop to look at those kids, greet those kids, if he can he learn their names, whatever. and And I would especially want to recruit the, uh, com, uh, the, 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 friendship of the kids that give me the most grief. And, and because that's all there many times, these kids are just needing somebody to just care for them and, yeah. and, and notice them.
1: You know, who was, um, um, you know, who was a master at this, Tim was, uh, my dad. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I I'm not kidding it. My, my dad in his many years of being a school principal. Was one of the most amazing guys when he retired. They did a full, they had, had a secret sketch artist come by and sketch his face without him knowing it. And uh, then they put a bust of him on the last gymnasium, wow. last school he principled. They put a big bust of him that's still up. Joe Claussen is historically noted for being a guy that could take the most troubled kids. And I watched it. I watched my dad weep in his principal's office. I watched him weep at times and just hold, he had an arm around a young man and he, i never forget it. I can't give the kid's name, but I remember the name distinctly. He was a troubled sixth grader. My dad had his arm around him. He said, Carl, let me tell you about, I just swung by his office. Let me tell you about this kid. And you know what he spoke? He spoke security, significance, and strength over him. And I i don't think my dad had read Tim's book yet. That's, that's really true. Um, but that's... It's, it's a powerful thing. I think sometimes we want to corral or correct bad behavior, and sometimes God wants us to shepherd it. And uh, that's what grace is. Way to go, Tim. Giving hope directly from the source. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. It's exactly right on this Freedom Friday, guys. We've been in a week of Ask the Experts, so we've got a different Freedom Friday. We brought in Tim Kimmel. Man, talk about grace. Guys, his book, Grace-based parenting and all of his books on family and now work. He's got a new book out called "Grace at Work: The Secret to Getting More from Your Job Than a Paycheck." What a great byline! Bylines are always better than the title. It's
2: very true. They always
1: are. They're really good, man. So I want you to check it out. And we got a ton of folks. We got a ton of folks texting in here right now. The keyword. The keyword is grace. Real simple. You go to this site if you want to get any of the books. Just go to shop and you'll find them right there. But Text the word grace to three, one, two, two, seven, four, nine, six, two, four grace to three, one, two, two, seven, four, nine, six, two, four. And, uh, you're going to find some phenomenal resources, including his brand new book called grace at work. If you got questions for Tim, we want you to get them in right Just now. Send
2: us a text message to three, one, two, two, seven, four, nine, six, two, four.
1: Yeah. All right, Tim. Here's the truth. We've got someone listening right now, and brother, sister, I want you to listen to me right now. They're here, and sometimes they're here because they're up against, they've they've hit a wall. The bottom has fallen out. Sometimes they've been here a long time, and then all of a sudden the, the God of this age can no longer blind them because God's pulling down the blinders. Tim, how does someone find the abundant life that
3: is only <laughs> given to us by grace? How, Tim? God put it... <laughs> on a bottom shelf for us that anybody that wants him and needs him can have him, but it takes us, all it takes is an act of faith. When we realize that we, uh, we, we realize that we can't get the God on our own, no matter how good you live your life. He's a holy, perfect God. None of us hit that one. We, then he figured out, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to rescue you. And that's why Jesus came. God sent the most precious thing he had. You know, I'm a dad, and if my, my son was in peril, if his life or mine would say, I give mine. But what was the biggest price someone had to pay? Is give somebody that they love even more than themselves. And he gave his son, and Jesus came down. He took on human flesh for one primary reason, so that he could come to the end of his life and and be put on a cross and take your sins and my sins on himself and die on our in our place. Jesus sacrificed his life for us so that we could have uh, eternal life with Him. And here's all you have to do. Look, if you're out there listening to us right now or you're home or whatever, just say, Dear Jesus, I need you. I, I know I'm a sinner. And I know because of my sin, I'm lost and I, and I can't fix myself. But, but I, I see now that you love me. You gave your life for me. And so I'm asking you now to please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make my life new. Yeah. And you just ask that in Jesus' name, and he will save you.
1: Yeah, through and through. It's real. And some of you right now are doing that. And this isn't some secret sauce prayer. It's an attitude of the heart. It's a prayer of the heart. And if you've prayed that right now, maybe you've been here a long time. Praise God. God's breaking through the darkness. The veil's coming down. Maybe you're brand new here today and you're just broken. The bottom's falling out. Trust me, we're all in recovery. But that initial boost of grace, of salvation, you're tasting that today. And here's how I know that you know it. The weight has come off your shoulders that you once carried, and all of a sudden it's almost a bizarre, mysterious feeling. It's like, whoa, what is going on? And when the sun comes up, fully the blues are going to be bluer the greens are going to be greener because all of a sudden life has changed you know why because you have changed according to the scriptures you died and your life is now hidden with christ in god how good is that man but we want to help you in your first steps with jesus we've got a resource we want to send your way and on this freedom friday you have just given your life to christ and our responsibility is to somehow help you say this is your next step. It's a little PDF. We're going to shoot it to you right now.
2: Text the word "welcome" to three one two two seven four nine six two four. We'll send you this link. It's an auto reply, so make sure you don't add anything else to the text message. Just "welcome" to three one two two seven four nine six two four.
0: Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsor Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on
1: 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Goodness, I love you, Boom Crew. We're getting such honest questions here about work, and some of them are so compelling. Uh, Tee it up, Tim. Uh, We live in a workplace, and by the way, this is common, and I don't care where you work. If you work at a church, you got the same deal, because you know what? Last I noticed, there's people there. And it can be a problem. But Tim, when, when you find yourself in a situation where you feel like the organization or that NGO or that not-for-profit or that church or that company or that whatever is not, you've got great ideas strategically, tactically. It's not getting there. The tendency is to go to the break room and grumble. What do we do instead?
3: Well, when we do that, we become a liability to ourselves as well as everybody else. Because uh, God, I mean, just just think what that would do to a, a an athletic team, you know, a baseball team or a basketball team or a football team. If you have somebody over in the corner of the locker gr- grumbling about how the, the, the coaches are running it. You we've, can't we've,
1: win. We've seen it, Tim. We've all seen it. We've yeah. seen it in pro sports. I mean, Allie's husband sure. was a pro athlete in Europe. Yeah. And We've all seen what it does to a locker room and to
3: a team. Yeah, we've got names for it. It's called Locker Room Cancer. Yeah, yeah, exactly oh, right. We 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 call it in in uh, youth ministry spreading the fungus. It's the same concept. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> and, and and you see, if if we are if we are followers of the way, the truth, and the life, that that's what we're supposed to be representing. We should be the last people, uh, you know, responsible for locker room cancer. Yeah, uh, and, and so so see part. The problem with this this whole situation we're talking about is many times there's legitimate things that you're frustrated about yep I mean you clearly look at it and say these people uh, couldn't find their own rear end with a GPS. they are so incompetent running can I say that on radio? no, you
1: absolutely can oh. because that's real oh. and we're real here yeah
3: okay so so uh, and yet and yet that's not you're not in that position to uh to make that call. And, and, and the best way to do this is if we play our position, right, we have the right attitude. We still, and we come to work saying, look, I, I I'm going to, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to go to work. I'm going to take my body to work, my mind to work. I'm going to take my, my, my uh, talents to work, but I'm also going to take Jesus to work. With. Ooh, yeah. And and I'm going to play my position as well as I can and help everybody around me play theirs as well as they, they can. It, it just raises the stock value of everything there. And, and what we talk about in our book is helping be, being used by God to create a climate or a culture of his grace in your work arena. And, and we can do that. We, we might only be, hey, we might be at the bottom of the food chain. That doesn't matter where we are. We can still create a yeah. culture of grace in, in our workspace. God moves because of how we work hard and we know more and so forth. We get moved up and we, we get a supervisory role. We get a management role. We, we we get an executive role. All the way, we have a chance to impact such a huge uh, group of people. And, and and can I clarify something, too? Yeah. It would be easy to think that the reason we wrote this book was this is a – it's it sounds like – uh, this is not a book about witnessing at work. That's not what this book is about. Uh, uh, there, are, That's what the bulk of Christian books that are written about work, that's what it's about. Evangelizing, inviting people to church, praying for people, starting a Bible study. I suppose there's a place for that, but we're, that's not what we're being paid for. We're, we're paid to go do a job. Yeah, you're well.
1: right about that, buddy.
3: Okay, but here's the good news is is that God can use this, obviously, to soften people's hearts. See, I think rather than go to work and witness to people about Jesus, I'm going to go to work and love people yep. uh, through Jesus. And Because I think people would be more inclined to to, to desire to hear from me what the secret sauce is that, that's driving me, rather than me telling them the secret sauce that they, they, they haven't yet seen it demonstrated in me.
1: I love it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. The bo- name of the book is Grace at Work. It's by Dr. Tim Kimmel and Michael Tooker. and D- Tim's going to be with us here all day. We're going to be toggling between job, career, work, family, marriage, church, all the different expressions of grace and questions that you have. But if at any time today you're going, I love this guy, cuz who says can't find your behind with a GPS around here? <laughs> so so
2: besides we- Carl <laughs> <laughs> 'Cause you would definitely That's say good. that.
1: But that no. That's good. So who else says that around here? And uh it's it's Tim Kimmel. And I want you to get a link to not only this new book, and you can go find it everything on this website.
2: Just text the word grace to three one two 274 9624 It's going to take you to Grace-Based Families. Uh, Tim is the founder and executive director. So they have lots of resources for parents, for families, for churches, and then a shop which has some of those books, including the one we're featuring today, Grace at Work. So text Grace to 312-274-9624.
1: All right, we got Dr. Tim Kimmel with us today. He is um, an expert on grace. I'll ask the experts—that's our week—and this is sweet on this Freedom Friday. Pace is a little bit different. We've been going bang, 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 bang. Grace is more. Uh, what's the word I'm trying to get? It's it's encompassing of so much in that it applied to every area of life lifts all the boats. Right? It's the right. rising tide. Mm-hmm. Therefore, sometimes we've got to kind of parse it out a little bit and go, all right, what's what's grace mean? What's the absence of grace mean?
2: We asked him one of the first questions out of the shoot this morning was what's the opposite of grace? And he said that it's giving people what they deserve. And grace gives people what they need but don't deserve. It's so tempting in a workplace or in a family is to give people what they deserve. You did this to me. I'm going to do this to you. You said this. I'm going to say this back because that's what you deserve.
1: And then you had a by golly at the end.
2: (laughs) (laughs) By golly. Grace raises that bar, as we see consistently throughout Scripture, and asks us to be like Jesus and give people what they need but definitely don't deserve.
1: Tim, we got someone texting in here saying they're convicted. They're going to work. They're addicted to the Internet at work. And this is epidemic, my man. We've got people that are forgetting this remote work stuff because there's not a lot of work going on remotely. What Mm -hmm. do you say to someone? How does grace apply to this, Tim? Somebody wants their life. They want it to change here. How does that work?
3: Well, this person is already in the best position to deal with this because they admit that they have the problem. Right on, brother. I mean, this is like this is what makes AA so effective. You first thing you stand up, say hi, my name's so and so, and I'm an alcoholic. Yep, yep. In other words, they say, okay, nobody's kidding anybody. So, so they are already on the on the best uh, trajectory to win this thing. But I would do certain things. Um, I would get accountability. I would even talk with my boss about it. It might be risky, but just say, look, I want to work hard for you. I struggle with this. Boss would dig uh, and, that, and and, yeah. and and I think most bosses would say, "Yeah, uh, you and everybody else in this this place." Uh, but but and then uh, problem is is you're working on a computer and the internet's right there. But if if it's the, their phone, then get their phone out of there. Whatever it takes. Uh, but and then and then I would. I would I would on on their way to work, this is a good time to be praying like Matt. Lord, 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 please, please, yeah. I don't want to cheat my company this way, yeah, I don't want to do this, and then i would I would what I would do is set myself some goals because this is how you build a habit. You know they say when you do something thirty times in a row, it becomes a habit or something like that. Well, I would say, okay, I'm going to try and go a whole eight hours of work. Without getting on the internet, one time so my personal, one time I'm just going to try and do that. Well, you'll probably make it ten minutes. Okay, <laughs> then oh man, okay, I'm gonna start start the clock again, and you keep going, and then finally you get. I just did a day, and I didn't do that. Okay, let's try and put two days together. Let's try and put a week together. Let's try and do a month together, and then and then you'll see the the and, and then you you're claiming the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me. I, I want to do this to honor my boss, but I also want to do it to glorify you. Right. Uh, th- this is wrong that I'm doing this thing. It's, it's sin in my life. I don't want it. And I, I think they're going to find victories waiting for them a lot sooner than they think. Love that. Got it going to go into work? Don't worry. Check
0: out the Curling Crew Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings.
2: Well, we are officially into November, which means our annual Thankful for You campaign is back. It's your opportunity to win a gift card to use however you want. It's our way of saying thank you for being a part of this crazy boom crew. Thanks for putting up with us. Thanks for waking up early. Text the word thankful. We'll get you the sign-up sheet. Text thankful to 312 six two four. Five winners for this cool giveaway text thankful to three, one, two, two, seven, four, nine, six, two, four.
1: This question that came in. Uh, I mean, there's so many different ways to capture it because it's so true. Somebody gets totally smoked by the grace of God. And then they'll find themselves in a work environment where there's off color or filthy jokes, denigration of women. I'm talking about men, obviously that are around other men, Music that's just like ah oh, for crying out loud! I got saved from that stuff. How does grace respond in a workplace that isn't pristine and uh, might even be tough on your conscience, Tim?
3: Um, I I think you've worked uh, some rough jobs in, in your life. I I yes. worked some construction jobs where guys could would put the most vile, profane words between syllables and I couldn't figure out how they actually did that. How do you wedge but, that in there? Yeah. I mean, but, but they would, <laughs> and, and know, look the, 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 in, in Romans, remember uh, I, I'm so ADHD. I have a hard time remembering exactly where, but they, they, they were having problems with some, some people in the Christian thing that were a- acting up and, and he was telling them how to do with it. He says, but he says, but, but when I told you this, I didn't mean for you to pull away from all people that don't get that way. When it comes to lost people, what business is it of ours? That's right. What, so, so to me, if I'm, if I'm so reacting to the bad language around me and the filthy music or the de- degrading music or whatever, they're going to know I don't think much of them. And, and it becomes a condescending, judgmental, I'm better than you I'm holy. You're and without ever saying a word. They say that. I think we need to look. Lo, lost people are lost people. That's how they talk. It's true. When you're lost and you, you don't have your way, that's the kind of music you're attracted to. And and God calls us to come into the middle of it, and 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 do something. I was in a McDonald's. Uh, very crowded. It was lunchtime. And a lot of people there. And there were these two guys came in. They were covered with white dust. They were drywallers. They forgot to shut off their construction language when they came in. And they're just talking among themselves, but they're dropping the F-bomb and all that stuff and everything. And there was a mom in front of them with a little kid. And finally, she turned around and she went after them. How dare you take my Jesus name in vain and – and, and, and humiliate, and, and you should be ashamed of yourself, just ripped into these guys. And I'm over, I'm over at a distance, but I'm seeing this thing. And all I could think about, Lord, please help her. Shut her mouth. Shut up. This is These are lost people. This is how they talk. But she, said, well, she might say, well, I'm trying to protect my kid. Your kid's going to have to learn how to live in a world where they use, teach them how to do, this is how you turn, say, Hey, you guys, what do you do? Uh, Introduce yourself. You guys cover that. You do drywall. Son, this kid, and let me buy you lunch. That's how you handle it. I'm sorry if I'm getting passionate here,
1: but no, it's counterintuitive in its grace. It's, it's interesting too, because I think we want to try to protect ourselves from the things yeah. that we freely did before we were regenerate, right.
3: I I understand that, and, and and I understand it. But but here's here's the thing: this where Jesus gives us a lot of leadership here. So he gives us completely those uh, fishermen that he recruited. Yeah, they they didn't talk holy talk. Uh, they knew how to swear just like everybody else. Yeah, that's right. And, and and he was among a people that that all all the what, what was he accused of most by the Pharisees you hang around with the wrong crowd yeah you have no business hanging with these people and and and, and yet that is exactly the world that we can go into the middle of it now I, I do think that the question is has a, some legitimate concerns I mean I don't want to feel like I'm endorsing their music or whatever but what, what I do is just I would just ignore the music, ignore the, la- the bad language and try and listen to the bigger message of the- and get to know them and know about their lives and their kids and their spouse or their dreams or their fears or their hurts. And just as you're working side by side with them, yeah. I guarantee you, I guarantee you when their life falls apart, they're going to pull that, that person that asks this question aside, if they're living this way, God's grace out, they're going to pull that person aside. To, hey, can I talk with you? I, I need help. I'm in over my head with my spouse or my kids. And, and so we, you just go and work hard and love the people you're working with, even though they don't, you know, they haven't found the, the, the truth yet. And, and God just might use you to help them find it.
0: Ever wonder what happens when the mics are off? Find out on Carl and Crew Mornings Facebook and Instagram.
1: We got Tim Kimmel with us today, guys.
2: We are taking your questions on all things grace. Right now, we're focusing on families. Grace, we need to apply it to everywhere, but it can be hard to apply grace to family situations. So much, uh, so much emotion, so much baggage, so much history.
1: Yeah. So this is what we want you to do, because Allie's right. I mean, there's so much with regard to family and it comes in every shape and size. So the question is, what is that challenge that you're up against? And there's flesh welling up in you, meaning all that stuff that's not of God, just bubbling up the way you want to deal with things. But you're wondering, what does grace do? How does grace respond? 312-274-9624. Let's get your questions in. 312-274-9624. Ooh, this is a tough one coming right out of the chute here, Tim. Let's tackle this one quickly, and then we'll tee up more here. How do you give your husband grace when you learn he is addicted to pornography? Oh, I can't wait to hear your answer on this one.
3: <clears throat> well, um, I have a form of counseling I do. I call it grace-based in-your-face counseling. I know it. Um, meaning, uh, once again, <clears throat> let's let default back to our, our definition of love. If love is a commitment of my will to your needs and best interests, regardless of the cost, is it in that wife's is it in that, that husband's needs and best interest to be passive and just let him just deal with this? and whatever. No, no, no. And so this is <clears throat> this is tough. But but if, if, if she doesn't I, I mean, what if he doesn't deal with this thing, it's going to get a deeper hook in him and it's going to ruin everything. And so, uh, you know, I think you stand up to him. You say, but here, here's the thing. I, I think married couples win this battle against pornography when they fight it as a team right on and the problem and the problem is what happens is okay the wife finds out husband's into porn and she's so mad at him and embarrassed and she's so and she shames him and then she goes and tells everybody at the church about him that he's just a, a pervert and all that stuff and, well we're getting nowhere on that and 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 instead of coming along and say oh look obviously this isn't this isn't going to work here for us it's not going to work for you but let's let's fight this together I want to be your ally on this, and one of the things you want to make sure is that that. Uh, uh, by the way, I'm not. It's not the wife's problem if the husband has this. Uh, it's Amen. not the wife's fault. But what the, if the if the husband has this problem? But um, uh, we wrote a book called Graceful Marriage, and one of the things that uh, we we find is that if people are not going around sexually hungry in a world filled with all kinds of sexual junk food they're going to be a lot better off, you know? And one of the things we want to do in our own marriage is make sure we have a healthy, vibrant, uh, fulfilling, intimate life. And, and, and many times, uh, I'm not saying that uh, somebody's uh, default on that, that many times you find that that's struggling because, and it naturally would because the the wife is so angry. You're not touching me. You're comparing me. I don't want anything to do with that. I understand. I completely get that. But that's Satan. Satan's ultimately winning this battle, and I want God to win it. And so, um, this is a, this is very complicated and nuanced, and we can't necessarily hit it. In a every situation, yeah.
1: Every situation is unique and different. But I think yeah, what you said, but, Tim, here is great. But just
3: fight it as a team.
1: Yeah, fight it as a team. And I think if you can, if it some i i know a ton of men that have been caught by their wives and mm-hmm. and ironically almost all of those men i will say this ladies they are glad they were caught in a weird yes. way yes yes they were glad yes. they were caught and the best thing to do is go i'm going to be an ally Let's get on our knees about this thing. Right on, yeah, Tim. Good right. stuff. More questions coming in.
2: Asking a question about a divorce couple. That's, there's a lot of animosity from the ex-husband to his ex-wife. What do you say to a wife who says, I can't really take much more of this. I want to extend grace, but I'm not here for all of this verbal abuse. Well,
3: uh, grace doesn't mean you're a doormat. That's not grace at all. Thank yeah, you or, for or saying he,
2: that. That's important to yeah. note, Tim. Right. uh. uh you know, Jesus.
3: Jesus had uh, he, he took junk from the Pharisees all the time. They were they were they were ridiculing him, mocking him, trying to catch him, trying to catch him off guard. And, all. and when you look at all of his encounters with them, he, there's there's three things he consistently did when they were up with their nonsense. He always stood up to them, and then he would expose the folly of their thinking. And then he would go and do whatever he was going to do—the righteous, right thing he was going to do, regardless of <laughs> whether they liked it or not. That's good. And so, what I would say, there, I, I do think though it's fair to—if after 11 years this is still going on—set um, some boundaries. I, I realize that we still interact through our children, and and weddings and all that stuff. And but at the same, I would just say I, I would minimize my my contact with him. If he's going to keep that up, then don't give him any bait good as much good as you word. can all right we're gonna go but, lighten- but, but go. don't hate him don't hate him don't don't re- respond in kind because Jesus never responded in kind yeah he just said right nope on. guys you got it wrong here's why and I'm then by the way come here bring that hand up and I'm gonna heal this guy on the Sabbath how about that
1: yeah no that's
0: and he right
3: do what he's gonna do
0: new to the show stick around for a while
1: we're curling crew mornings. Tim, a lot of questions like this coming in. We see a lot of people coming out. There's so much sexual confusion. By the way, we've seen a lot of, whoa, our our culture is steaming toward cliffs morally left and right. And the question is, we who are transformed by the power and the grace of God, how does this person respond to a daughter who has put a barrier between them because of homosexuality? What do you say?
3: Well, she's a daughter and so you want to maintain a mother daughter relationship as much as possible but what I, I i think that daughter knows what the mother feels so i would not preach to her or lecture her about you know what she, she thinks the problem is and the reason the daughter's setting up that boundary is because sinful men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil so they're gonna they're gonna separate themselves from anybody they know represents a truth that deep down in their heart they realize they're struggling with and they don't want to hear it Boom. but Boom, boom. Go. I'm booming you on yeah. that one. That's true, Tim. Go, go, go. But then here's back to the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says something very interesting. He says, God causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. He causes his sun to shine on the good and the bad. What was he saying there? Look, there are some basic needs that everybody has, whether they're good or bad, whether they're right or wrong. They all We all need to have sunlight. We can't live without it. We can't live without water. And so as a parent, I want to still be there to be all the things, those basic needs, that child. And I'm assuming this is probably a grown daughter. Right. But whatever I can be for them, to help them, to love them, to be an encouragement to them and everywhere else. And then uh, then, then leave the conviction and all that up to the person who's supposed to do that. That's God, the Holy Spirit. And just love them to the best you can. If, if they ask you about it, you you say, well, here's my position on it, but I love you. I care for you. Let's do life. Yeah, and that,
1: what's amazing about this, Tim, is that Jesus Jesus said it, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Grace is more concerned with us shining brightly rather than correcting darkness. Is that fair, Tim?
3: Right, it, it, absolutely, absolutely. And, 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 uh, ultimately, you know, he talked about people being one without a word by the, it talks about, it was in, uh, 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 second Peter or something like that. Uh, talking about women, how they could turn their husbands around yes. without a word yes. by the, the way we live and the way we treat them. See, It's a cross-the-board principle, though, for everything.
1: Yeah, right yeah. on.
2: That's out of 1 Peter 3, uh, verse 1 and 2. Got a question that came in. This is where so many people are at, Tim, caring for an elderly parent. There's a lot of challenges there for this particular situation. There's negativity. I'm receiving just negativity and no gratitude. How do I show grace to an elderly parent who's just flat-out not very nice to me?
3: Okay, so... Um, you're, uh, they're treating you the way you treated them when you were a baby.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't expecting that one.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I mean, think about it. We care for children. That's true. We care for children. They're Mm -hmm. they're so ungrateful for all the stuff where they're keeping us up all night. And, 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 and they, they, uh, they whine and they do all kinds of things. That's unfortunately on the back end of life. When life starts to fail, when the body's letting us down, when the mind's letting us down, sometimes the medications people are taking, it makes them kind of cantankerous. It doesn't justify uh, some of the things they're doing, but it might explain it. And, and ultimately, uh, people need our love for them when, when they're hardest to love. Uh, that's why we have to deal with a rough teenager. And same thing with mom and dad. And listen, they're, they're also, many times they're just scared that my life's coming to an end. I, I'm running out of runway, and who knows? And just be in the middle of that, and just care for them. I, I so appreciate the the healthcare providers that they put up with so much junk from some of the patients, and they just keep loving them, caring for them, meeting their needs. It's very true. And that's what you got to do with a parent.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, my little sister is caring for my mom and dad in Alaska. Dad's 94, mom's 88. Mom's slipping a little bit more, but she's aware enough. And my, my sister told me here recently that she uh, got a phone call while she ducked out for a few minutes, had a caregiver up at the home, and my mom went nutso on her on the phone. So much so the woman in the checkout line said when she was off the phone said I'm so sorry, Uh, but my 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 sister went home Tim and told her Mom, we are caring for you. I was down at a store getting something for you. You can do better than this, Mom. And Mom came to a little bit. And some of Mm -hmm. this is, frankly. 88 years old and slipping a little bit. Sometimes you have to just bring them around. But um, she set boundaries, but she just kept loving her and put that in context. And I thought it was a pretty beautiful thing. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsor Studios, this is Carl
0: and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio.
1: All right, Boom Crew, uh, we are tackling a hot one this week. It's called Ask the Experts, and we've got Tim Kimmel here today. Uh, Ali was just saying to me, he goes, man, this guy's got it. He does. Tim is amazing, Um, and what a great man of God. Dr. Tim Kimmel is one of America's top advocates for sure, and I think leading voices in speaking for families today. And he's also just co-written a book with Michael Tooker called Grace at Work, The Secret to Getting More from Your Job Than a Paycheck. How about that for a highlight? I love that. Oh, my goodness. All right. Listen to me. All these resources like Grace-Based Parenting, Grace-Based Grandparenting. I think that's the name of one of his books anyways. It's how to get grace from grandparents to their grandkids. There's tons of resources and good stuff. Simple word. I'll bet you can guess it, guys. I'll bet you can.
2: Grace mm, shocker
1: to three, one, two, two, seven, four. Allie, you can't do that before I'm trying to get a number out. Sorry. Text the word grace to our number here. Get this link. If you want to get books, go shop and uh, you'll find all these resources right here. Grace to three, one, two, two, seven, four, nine, six, two, four. Grace to 9624. Also, today, we're taking your questions. Right now, we're dealing with family issues. Could be children, could be parents, could be anything family right now. We're going to go back to work at the bottom of the hour. I can't believe we're burning up this three hours of Q&A with Dr. Tim Kimmel, but we're getting there. So get your questions in. Any family-related questions, get them in right now to the same number, 312-274-9624. A uh, question came in, is he related to Jimmy Kimmel? I'll answer that. No. Okay. So here we go. Uh, Allie, let's frame up the question. Again.
2: Yeah, we have an adult child who is uh, standing back in anger, sadness, heartbreak, watching parents get divorced after 30 years of marriage. Says, how can I extend them grace? It's, it's childish. They're breaking a promise. I'm really angry. I want to cut them off. How do I extend grace in this situation? Dr. Tim, what do you say? Well,
3: I think it's perfectly legitimate to be angry and hurt and sad because uh, th- 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 this is uh, th- this this is uh, something that affects us when our parents fall apart. But in the process of this, I think that person should go and get some help for their grief and grieve, grieve this thing out, and that's where the church can come in, some good Christian friends and all. But I think it's also fair, I think it's completely fair to put some boundaries up until you can get, uh, you know, work through this thing. Jesus did that with people. God did that with Israel. Israel kept, you know, the the, the Hebrew word used for where where God uh, handed Israel over said, you know, it's it's the same word for divorce. God got a divorce. He said that that's it. you've had it, uh, and then here comes comes Babylon. So I think in these kind of situations, it's perfectly legitimate to say I need some space right now because I need to heal. This is, this is, this is really hurting me deeply. And then calm, you know, calm down and get some help. And then, then, but, but I always want to still manage to keep a door open to their heart. That's my dad. That's my mother. And they're going to need me when they, as they get older. And right now, you know, uh, grace says, you know, once again, it's something they desperately need, but don't, don't necessarily deserve. And, Right now, maybe they need to feel some of the consequences. They don't. They don't want that, but they need some of the consequences. But never stop loving them.
1: Love it. Good I don't stuff. think that's
3: a great answer, but I think you get the idea.
1: I think it's a fantastic answer. And um, getting, uh, I think the best part of that is righteous indignation for what a what parents are doing to split the sheets over what appears frivolous for the cost involved is, is a right emotion. Way to go, Tim. More questions coming in. I'm
2: going to throw in a question here, Tim. You know, when you start talking about grace and families, sometimes this makes people angry because they think, so are you just saying that I just need to take anything and just be nice to people? I want to go back to kind of get to a working definition to give some context. Why do we do grace? Why do we t- not just cut people off when it seems like they deserve it? Can we go there?
1: Let's go there right now. Okay. What Take do you it, say, Tim? Tim,
2: for somebody who's sitting okay, there listening okay, and going, all, this sounds horrible. Let, let,
3: let me say something that, that is going to sound like a, crit- a critique of people that say that, but, because it is. But, but <laughs> it's but fair. It's, 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 it's said in love. When, when someone says to me. When you keep talking about grace and it just, I don't get it. I mean, because where's the boundaries? Where's the consequences? Where's the discipline? Where's all that? That, All that tells me is that that person doesn't understand biblical grace. Mm. They don't get it. Okay. Case in point. Is Jesus dealing with all of us in grace? Yes. Yes. Did he erase all the boundaries? No. Did he throw the rule book overboard? No. Is there no consequences when we go out of line? Wait a minute. It's the Bible says, "Them whom He loves, He disciplines." And so, the bigger problem in that question is a misunderstanding of biblical grace, because grace would never just let you know, just let people uh, go off the deep end and be whatever they want, do whatever they want. That's not grace. That's not love. Uh, you know, as a parent, when a kid's do, doing going sideways, you know, you discipline and correct you. And say, "I love you too much." To stand, I lay by. And what you self destruct and ruin your future? I'm going to stand on your air hose. But the difference between uh, when it comes to correction, Christian, uh, 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 a grace based parent disciplines their kids, but they never punish them. And the reason is because God doesn't punish His kids.
2: What do you mean by discipline, at- by but not punish? Explain that. Okay,
3: okay. Uh, punishment is what the state does to some to a lawbreaker. You know, somebody goes and robs a liquor store and shoots somebody. He said, we're going to send you to prison for 20 years. Well, wait a minute. I just got married. We don't care. Uh, we just had a baby. We don't care. You shouldn't have done that. That's, that's exacting justice. Discipline is, it, it might look severe, but it's always designed to try and make that person a better person. And it's always motivated by love. The state doesn't have to love this criminal, but we as parents, we're trying to love our kids. And so that's the difference. And the reason God doesn't discipline, uh, punish his kids anymore is because he sent his son to the cross and and jesus took our punishment once and for all he paid that justice price and so now with our kids or our spouse or whatever we we discipline and we correct but this this difference by the way this thing i'm throwing out, i just threw that out this is a haymaker and we don't have time to get into it but uh it, it's huge it's it's huge the difference between discipline and, and, and uh uh, punishment. But that's where grace comes in. It says, I love you. I'm going to work with you, but we're not going to put up with this stuff. We're going to, There are going to be consequences if we go this direction. Yeah. So I'm glad the person sent that in and I hope I was being respectful, but just understand what biblical grace is because God is not a pushover. He doesn't put up with that nonsense with us Yeah, and we does. don't need to put up with that nonsense with somebody else.
0: Yeah. Love that. Your shot of hope to make it
1: through the day. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. Some issues might be gray, great for discussion. Some are pretty cut and dried. There is a movement, and this question flows out of this, Tim. There is a movement out there in our nation today that has seen such moral decline that they believe that if your child wants to be transgender and even go through hormone therapy or bodily mutilation, that the parents shouldn't even have a say into that child and that the schools ought not even notify them. And if you don't subscribe to that, you're a bigot. Mm -hmm. Now, do you just come out? How do you handle that? The, the, the turkey's on the table, and here comes the discussion. What do you do, Tim? How does grace respond?
3: Well, first of all, uh, it, it, it is not uncommon when you, uh, to, to see a world move from um, having her thinking framed by biblical principles and proven uh, logic to uh, raising opinion and personal preference— to the level of absolute truth yes and it's, it's utter nonsense it's completely whack yeah uh but it th- then we come to thanksgiving and you got to sit across from this yahoo but <laughs> but keep in mind it says i think at the end of first corinthians 2 or the bottom of first corinthians 1 spiritual things are only grasped by spiritual people yep and so it, it, it doesn't surprise me if somebody is lost that they will believe, you know, GK Chesterton says, when man declares there is no God, instead of believing in nothing, he'll believe in anything. Mm. But I I would not take the bait and get into a debate with them. Right. Because it's, you're not going to get anywhere with them. You're not going to change their opinion or nothing. Uh And if they ask me, I say, look, this is where I stand. You can call me all the names you want, but how about we do this? And then I try and, talk about them, talk about their needs, care about them. It's interesting how Jesus, in conversation, it always went about where that person was, what they need, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. And, and when I asked them about them and their life and their hopes and their dreams and their hurts, it's amazing how these political issues and these uh, little points of reference can go south pretty fast and, and fade away. But here's the good news. It's just Thanksgiving. It's just a reunion. It's just a potluck. You just sometimes you just got to grit your teeth and love people. Yeah. And then go home. But because the more you love them and you don't go and scream and yell and call them names and say, you know, whatever, the more you become a reference point when their life falls apart, the wheels fall off, they're more likely to call you. Yeah. See, I need to talk.
1: Okay. Uh, Some people would respond to that. And I've heard this so many times. And this is red meat to a junkyard dog. But I'm going to give it to you because you're going to eat it up. Uh, Mm -hmm. They'll say, well, Jesus flipped over the tables. Context Mm -hmm. is everything, isn't it, Tim? Mm
3: -hmm. Yes, it is. Um, Why? Because who who was he angry at? The religious elite. He was angry at the religious elite that shouldn't have known better. He called the Pharisees, uh, uh, you're of their father, your father, the devil. That's pretty bold stuff, but he never said that to a lost person. Nope. He said that the people who should know better, well, you think, well, everybody should know better, not lost people. They don't know they're lost.
1: God of this age has blinded their minds.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if anything, I should look at them with eyes of great, with a heart of great pity. And hurt and pain for where the, the the grip that the 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 darkness has got on them, and and I want to be an outlet for light in their life. Boom! And once again, that I'm more likely to do that if I don't react to them and I just continue to love them and care for them. I I, I you know I've been an occasion where uh, I I I saw the, the 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 person that was most off the charts, crazy. This this gal, I mean she's 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 I thought she was a broom jockey, a professional witch or something. And uh, But she started washing his I went over to dry dishes, and we just had a pleasant talk. Mm. You know, get to know the person. Care for the person.
1: It's amazing and, what love can do to unlock yeah. a, a, an enslaved person. It really is. Okay, got a question for you.
2: Coming up, I think I'm going to give you a new book title, uh, Tim. I want you to write this one. How do you become a grace-based Twitter user? Or a grace-based Facebook user. That's the place where I see some of the most hostile discussions sometimes between Christians where there's no grace at all on social media. And
3: embarrassing. How
2: do you be a grace-based Facebooker?
3: I would become a less frequent social media <laughs> communicator. There you go.
2: <laughs> That's fair. Oh, um,
3: Tim. You, you know, um... um when foolishness is being exchanged, and especially when, when people are allowed to, 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 to weigh in in anonymity, th- there's just no way that conversation is ever going to go in, in, in a noble direction. I, that's one of the things I wish they would change about the rules of social media. You've got to put your name and your face up there if you're going to weigh in. But I, I, I just think the better thing is to stay out of it. There, there was arguments going on all around. I mean the disciples would get quibbling among themselves who's the greatest. And Jesus had cut into the you guys. Cut this junk out. Here is the deal. <laughs> this is true. And and um, but but I I think people need to be very careful about those platforms as Christians. It's one thing to try and encourage people, but if you are going to throw out if you are going to throw out a debate issue, don't be surprised. Some of the ugliest junk you've ever heard or read is going to be thrown under your name. Yeah. And 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 uh, I I think some people just. They're, they're predatory. They they you talk about red meat, uh uh they just can't wait to go after this thing and they 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 they, they actually get joy yeah. out of these arguments. I don't want to be any part of that.
1: What causes a person to be an angry evangelical and how can they get set free from that? And let me be very vulnerable and share my story first here and that is Tim. I was radically saved from cocaine abuse, alcohol abuse, running crazy, uh, not respecting people. Um, I get radically saved by the grace of God. God reached down and called me out. He said, "Carly, are you done yet? I said, God, I'm done. And then I did what a lot of people do. I pendulum swung and I put God in a box. And for about two years, and by God's grace, he pulled me out of that. It was actually by... Chuck Swindoll's Grace Awakening in South Africa, middle of the night. I was reading it. I just fell to my knees and I just wept. And I just said, oh, God, what have I done? But that pendulum swinging is a dangerous thing. Why do people become angry evangelicals? And I know that we've got a lot of angry evangelicals listening right now. There's Because we've got at any given time, I don't know, 30, 40, 50,000 people here. So there's some people listening right now who are just too ticked off for their own good and for the good of this world. What do you say, Tim?
3: Well, I, 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 think, I think most people that have uh, been saved from a, a, a pretty obvious lost condition understand the pendulum swing. Uh, and, our, and then I think sometimes some of our pulpits feed that. Hmm. But this is where, what turned you around? You read a book called Grace Awakening. Yeah. We need to come to the heart of Jesus and look at how He dealt with the world around Him. Look, if anybody had a right to be t- to be ticked off about what He was seeing, it was the God who created us and came down to save us—the perfect one, yeah—the perfect one. And yet, in the middle of it, He didn't He didn't go around throwing rage and anger at the lost people, and He did He He just said, let's you know let, let's let's win. Let's win their hearts over. Their hearts are still hurting. And, you know, I, I think some of these people, they, I, I think they're, they're still very um, – I see it as uh, they're wounded. And and what we want to move is move from wounded to broken. Yeah. What's the difference? When I'm wounded, you know, whatever it is, I uh, you had drug addiction and alcohol and all that stuff, it could scar you all up. And then you're reacting to that. I, I – you can never quite function in the Christian life as even remotely close to the hole when you're just going around wounded. But when you're broken, it's like a horse that is broken. You know, it's submitting to the rider. We've all ridden horses. The horse could turn around and kill us in a second. It's so much bigger and stronger yeah. than us. And yeah. yet it submits to us, a bridle and all that stuff. And when we submit to the bridle of God and, and, and just let him own us, he he'll he's going to soften our heart in the right ways, and strengthen our resolve in the right ways. But that's it was yeah, a journey, and awesome. I think it's very normal to react. But boy, if you stay in that reactive mode, you're missing the whole point of the cross. You're missing the whole point of the gospel. Yeah, and 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 that's too bad because it'll eat it eats you from the inside.
1: Yeah, yeah. If that's you right now, I just want to encourage you. Hey, I want you to hear me right now. Tim just said it. Move from wounded to broken. And the irony is, is that God's calling you to lower yourself even more still. Because in our weakness, he is strong. And he wants to do that through you. That's great. What a comparison. Okay, going to go lightning round here for the balance of our time. We're going to wear Tim out, man. We're going to use that horse (laughs) metaphor. We're going to ride this guy right into the barn here in just a moment. So here's, I want to get one thing. Somebody said, hey, Carl, what's a pendulum swing? You're using this jargon and it's not always the best thing. Sorry about the jargon, but jargon is me. That's what <laughs> I do is jargon. But uh, pendulum swing is when you're saved by the grace of God. And then the pendulum swings way over and the very grace that you received Now, all of a sudden you're not affording other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's often done in the lives of people. Who are in Christ.
3: Yeah, you once were living a life that was far from God, and now instead of living a life that's far from God, you have animosity towards people who are living that same life that you used
1: to live. And it's a dangerous place to live, and we got to get out of that. It creates angry evangelicals, and angry evangelicalism is the biggest turnoff on the planet. All right, let's get this question teed up, and then we're going to roll.
2: This is a, diff- a difficult one. Uh, a wife of a husband who's been an alcoholic for years, she says, I'm giving him grace. Her friends say you're enabling him. What's the difference?
3: Well, enabling him, it would be, would be if, he's, if he's doing harm to the kids, he's running them, uh, uh, using up all their resources, they're running them into debt, and she's not doing anything, she's not intervening that, that, or saying anything and drawing any boundaries. That would be enabling. But, but there's all kinds of people with all kinds of issues living in our homes that, that are ongoing struggles. And, the, and, and when the think about alcoholism, I mean, it gets a hook in you. It's like a fish that swallows the hook, you know, and you, you, you can't take that thing out without doing a lot of destruction. And so uh, it might require an intervention. But ultimately, uh, I, I just think I'm going to continue to meet the basic needs and, 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 and kindness needs that any person should get, whether they're an alcoholic or not. And then it, when it crosses the line, over to something that's destructive to the family or, de- or dangerous to the family, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw a boundary and I'm going to stand up to them. Yeah. But the person I would let, rather hear about uh, this than me is Carl, because you've been in that situation.
1: Well, I think you nailed it. I think, uh, I think there's got to be clear boundaries established. I think the, the greatest boundary with love that I ever received in my life was when my dad sat me down in my young 20s tears running down his face and he said these words ready for this guys he said carl i'm no longer praying that you come back to church he says i got ample evidence that you're up to your gills to no good man and it's breaking my heart but i'm praying today that either you get fully surrendered to god or that god would take you out of this world because you're killing yourself anyway now let me tell you something that is grace
2: it was grace.
1: Tears coming down yeah. the face and grace galore. Tim got another one here. This is a sticky one. Sister and her husband are getting a divorce. I think my sister is having an affair. Should I confront her? What do you say, Tim? What's grace look like? Yes. Now? Yep.
3: Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, here's the thing. We had a question about a divorce where the two both were acting very immature. They've been married 30 years, not breaking up. And the kids are heartbroken. And When they're both being foolish, that's one thing, but Many times a divorce happened because one is clearly off the chart rogue and 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 uh, going uh, completely in walking in darkness. And they've, let's say they've been unfaithful and cheated and so forth. Well, I think they need to feel the consequences of that when it comes to the relationships that they had. That, that, that uh, say, well, uh, I, I, like if, if you're the child. And it's the dad that's gone and cheated on mom and so forth. Well, dad, we're not going to have like everything's just fine and it's no big deal. No, what you did was horrible.
1: Yeah. You have no idea
3: how much you've hurt us. And so, so if you want to go and blow away your family, that's one thing, but you're going to feel very alone, but don't assume I'm just going to reach out and make nice because, because once again, where do I get this from? God does this to us when we go too far. He just says, "Okay, you're on your own." But, but, uh, but as far as like everything, nothing happened. Uh-uh, uh-uh. We got to fix this. There needs some ownership and repentance. Yeah. And if it's not going to happen, then we have a different type of relationship from here on out and until that's, it, change, until and it I th- changes.
1: And I think God sometimes graces us with a we've got leverage. And if we don't use that leverage in a holy way, we're missing an opportunity, Tim.
3: Yeah, yeah. I I I, I have a friend whose brother uh, went completely dark and cheated on uh, his wife. And this this is an identical twin. He loves his brother, but he said, Absolute, this is absolutely uncalled for. And uh, I don't want to do any business with you. I don't want to do anything. I will always be your brother. I will always love you. And I will always be here. But as far as the way you're living your life, no, I'm not going to endorse one thing about it.
0: Boom. Your shot of hope to
1: make it through the day. It's Carl and crew mornings. Our whole week has been asked the expert on this freedom Friday. We're talking about the greatest freedom known to mankind. It's the grace of God, man. You talk about freedom, man. Come on. Now the question is what happens when we don't afford to ourselves what God has afforded to us?
2: Well, how do we extend ourselves grace? And is that the right way of putting it? Is it biblical to extend grace to ourselves?
3: Absolutely. Uh, here, here's the thing. It's not uncommon if we've uh, sowed some really rough oats. We even come to Christ and then we still feel guilty and shamed. And uh, uh, we, we revisit our past. We, 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 we uh, can't get beyond it. Well, guess who's... Whose narrative that is, guess who's whispering in our ear? That is not the Holy Spirit. That's the devil. That's the devil. And see, so if we've given our heart to Christ, he already lost us, but he, he, he said, okay, I've lost you. But the next thing I can do is I can neutralize you so you'll never be effective as a Christian. I'm going to keep you living in the past and keep you down. The problem is that insults the very cross and the blood that you shed for Jesus. You know, we, we, then, then, we start to jump through, hoops. I just want to earn God's love. You already have it. I mean, maybe if I do this, he'll love me more. He can't love you more. He loves you completely. Let him, let him, let him. But I understand it's hard to forgive ourselves sometimes when we look at and in, in, in those, those memories from the past or those, those things that shudder us. And, and 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 Jesus but if Jesus walked up to us, he would extend hands with holes in them. Yeah. And big scars where nails went he said, Look, I paid for that. Yeah. It's done. It's gone.
1: Beautiful picture. This has been Tim Kimmel this morning. I can't believe it. This week went by, this day went by so fast. But boom crew, I want you to hear me right now. Tim is not only a Incredible man of God and a dear friend to me and my bride, Janan, he and his wife, Darcy, incredible freedom fighters. They have a whole website that is committed to freedom. Parenting, work, Grace at Work, brand new book, The Secret to Getting More from Your Job Than a Paycheck. Are you kidding me? That byline's worth the price of admission. So good. So here's what I want you to do right now. Light it up. Get some resources for grace. Go get them. Either there's blogs there, things that you can download for free, books you can buy. There's studies you can take small groups through. Load them up, man. Text the word grace to our number right here.
2: Text 312-274-9624. Just text the worst word grace. You know, Carl, I was thinking when we talked about extending grace to yourself, apart from knowing Jesus, that concept is really empty. You know, there's a lot of, you You see a lot of people say you're enough, Just give yourself grace. But if you don't know Jesus, that's just empty platitudes.
1: Yeah, it is, Allie. And so right now you might be saying, I don't know Jesus, and I want you to know him today. How do you get to know Jesus? It's when you know in your heart that you can't do it anymore. Knowing Jesus happens when you know that you can't do it on your own. You want to receive the grace of Jesus today? That boundless energy and power to do in you what you can't do in yourself? I want you to do this with me right now. Answer a few questions. Do you know that you're a sinner and that you're a mess? You do? Good. Are you aware of the fact that no amount of good work you can do can seem to square this thing away called life? Is that you? Good. Now, did you know Jesus was sent by the Father to redeem you? That means to pay the price for your sin so that you didn't have to work at it any longer. That might be news to you. That's why it's called the good news. I want you to follow Jesus today. Now, I want you to count the cost. Grace ain't cheap. It's free, baby, but it ain't cheap. Big price was paid for your soul. So this is what I want you to do in this moment right now. I want you to pray with me. You can do it with your eyes open flying down the interstate. And just say, Jesus, I give you my life today. I believe you died for me. I know you're alive because there's something at work. Dead things don't work like this. And today I give you my life. I'm turning around. I'm following Jesus
3: and just tell him, I don't even know what comes next, but I'm ready to be free.
1: If that's you right now, I want to welcome you to the family because right now there are floods, rivers of living water irrigating your soul. It's the most amazing thing right now that's happening and you're experiencing power like you cannot believe. That's the grace of God. He's taking a load of bricks off your shoulders, and it's like something is happening. That's the grace of God. And on this Freedom Friday, isn't it good, my friend? As soon as you can, in fact, I want to encourage you, don't delay. Get to the side of the road right now. Get somewhere right now and give your life to Jesus and follow Up with this. We have a resource for you right now that we want you to come and get. If today is the day that you've surrendered your life to Christ, you're experiencing his grace, it's washing over you. You know it. Something new has come. The old is gone. Welcome to the family, and we want to help you.
2: Just text the word WELCOME to 312-274-9624. Just text the word WELCOME.
1: Tim Kimmel, I want to tell you, my friend, it has been a blessing to have you in here. We got folks flocking to your website. You've been an incredible resource. I know we, man,
3: we rode you hard and put you away in the barn here. How are you feeling, buddy? Oh, I'm fine. And, and I so enjoyed hearing you unpack the gospel for these people. And I was praying as you were talking with them that, uh, that people will realize how, how much God loves them, deeply yeah. loves them, and was so willing to pay every the biggest price. To show them that love and to win their hearts over and to set them free and give them eternal life. And I just so appreciate you guys keeping that light shining bright and keeping that message going out. Yeah. And it's been an honor to be with you guys. Uh I mean, Carl, you still need therapy and you're unstable, oh, yeah. but I, yeah. I still no love being with it. you guys. No question. You're a wonderful friend.
1: <laughs> I love uh, you too. You're you're a proverbial knucklehead that I love so much, Tim. Uh, and you're a good man. Yeah. Uh, This is so cool. Uh, 5357, welcome to the family. 3262, welcome. Welcome. 3048, welcome to the family. We just welcome you. To those of you that are giving it up to Jesus today, you're finding grace for the first time. That's why we call it Freedom Friday. Awesome. Well, Tim, thank you. And to all of you in the Boom Crew, uh, we love you from the bottom of our heart.